it going tonight, everybody? We are Run the Real featuring Mike, Terry, Fox, and Dan. And we're back with a spooky new category of uh, vampires. Vampires. Children of the night. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're starting a new category, and I think, Dan, you picked this one, right? I did. Way back at the end of October, there was a, a celebration of a holiday known as Halloween. <laughs> ah, yes, I've heard of it. And this year, for my Halloween movie watching, I watched something I'd never gotten to before from a very esteemed director, Mr. Francis Ford Coppola, or Coppola. I don't know which one it is, but you get the picture. Anyways, that movie is Bram Stoker's Dracula. And ever since I watched it, I've wanted to talk about it because it's... I'm not sure... If it's amazing or not. <laughs> <laughs> I can see how you might be confused, yes. Yes. We were like playing games and Dan and TV were just like talking about this movie. And I was like, there's no way this is in the movie. <laughs> like just the things you were talking about. I was like, there's no way. <laughs> like this doesn't sound good. <laughs> like something that would be in this movie at all. And how did you say it? you were like it? It's the only movie that's made me feel aroused or something. <laughs> <Is that what laughs> you said what? I was like, it appeals to the primal urges. I feel I watched it and I felt like I needed to like have a big old steak <laughs> and a glass of wine there to just rip into and drink and like indulge in all the finer pleasures of life. Very sensual. It, it is. It's a very sensual film. I wonder if they started that trend of sexy vampires with this movie. I think the book's a lot like it, too, actually, so... I might be wrong. I haven't read it, but... I don't recall the book being quite this sexy, I gotta say. <laughs> yeah, I never made it through the whole book, so... I heard a story about, like, the English translation, they cut out a lot of the sexy stuff. But they had there's like a translation like in Norwegian or something like that that still had it all in there. And it was like pretty much unknown until just recently. People like found it and were like, wait, this is a lot different than the book I remember reading. <laughs> but I might be getting that confused. Don't take that for a fact. But I remember reading something about that like maybe a couple months ago. So either I guess maybe somebody added that into the translation or <laughs> somebody edited it out of somebody else's translation. I don't know. Dan, tell us about this movie. Give us the synopsis of this one. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have heard of the Dracula story by this point, but give it a go. I'll give it my best shot. <clears throat> the centuries-old vampire Count Dracula comes to England to seduce his barrister, Jonathan Harker's fiance, Mina Murray, and inflict havoc in the foreign land. That's pretty good. Well, there you go. Yeah. Is Dracula on the line? Have you had your glass <laughs> of wine already? <laughs> I don't drink wine. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great line. I'll also add, before we get too deep, this will be spoiler-heavy, I'm assuming, so if you're worried about that, maybe stop, watch the movie, and then come back. There's going to be some spoilers, so just be wary of that. But what did you guys think of uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula? Dracul? 
this was kind of a roller coaster for me. But I tell you, I've got like an analogy or a metaphor for what I came to the conclusion of. So you guys, you know, I think we've we've all seen some Always Sunny episodes, right? Yep. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So you know the one where they're playing the board game and Charlie gets that card that's like, glue this bottle back together and they smash a bottle and then they make him glue it back together and drink a beer out of it. And he drinks it and he's like, I got some glass in my mouth, but it works. That's kind of how I feel about this movie, I think. You know? <laughs> there might have been some loose shards of glass in there, but it kind of comes together. Maybe the glue just could use some work, maybe. <laughs> maybe, yeah. It's such a wild movie. Like, it hits so many, like, I, I don't know. It's trying to be all super serious at times with the, the romance and the reincarnation and all that stuff. And then you've got... Gary Oldman and Sir Anthony Hopkins just hamming it up with literally everything they say, doing the craziest stuff. And then you have these amazing in-camera effects that they do. And then you have like all these romantic forbidden love scenes where he's trying to connect uh, or get Mina to remember who she was four centuries ago. And it's it's just all over the place. I don't know. I don't know if it works or not, or if it's good. <laughs> I don't know. It feels like super ambitious, you know. Like it's nuts. They cover so much ground. It it honestly feels like they could have made this longer. <laughs> weirdly, I mean, it's already really long, but there's so many elements to this movie, and I guess I guess that's probably because you know he's trying to cover the book. But I feel like this could have been at least like a duology or something of Dracula. I think you're right. I, this could easily have used 20 more minutes, in my opinion. Yeah, I think so, too. Like, I think for me, the biggest disservice it does, really, is it forgets about poor old Renfield. Tom Waits does such an awesome job as Renfield in this. Like, I wish he had more to do. He's there to, like, <laughs> lean out windows and yell. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> just eat bugs i'm very conflicted on how i feel about this movie like it it's a good movie i was kind of bored for a good portion of it but it's not like boring to watch like it's a feast for the eyes i guess is a very you know good way to put it but some of the characters like it it's all played very well um, the actors and actresses do good, but like just their motivations and stuff, I wasn't behind it. Maybe it's because I've seen Dracula movies and this story so many times, but I had more fun reading about like the behind the scenes stuff and the drama that went down instead of actually watching the movie. There was a lot that went down behind the scenes with it. That's for sure. Yeah. Like apparently, um, Winona Ryder and Gary Oldman like hated each other while filming this and they're like the two love interests and they have <laughs> like a lot of very sensual scenes together and they did like all this wild stuff in the movie using all these old time special effects the only CGI they used was like the blue flames right yeah so that that's pretty cool like I had more fun reading that kind of stuff about this movie than actually watching the movie, I think. It's definitely a treat 
to watch it just for all like the visuals and the special effects they do just knowing that it's not cgi and that it's in camera effects makes it even more like impressive that they're able to pull it off so this is a dang good looking movie it does look good i'd agree the sets and stuff are all cool like dracula's castle man that's nice it looks like they yeah, had just the classic universal castles kind of almost even and like the the mansion in London and like that hedge maze thing in the backyard too. Well, I mean, like even the costume design, the makeup. I, th- this movie won the Oscars for best costume design, best effects, sound effects editing, and best makeup. Dracula looks great. Like man, that old age makeup on Gary Oldman. <laughs> <laughs> we got. We got to talk about that hair, though. <laughs> what on earth are they doing with his hair when he was old Dracula? It's so regal. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. That's one word for it, I guess. Very pompous. Yeah, it's it's superb. I love it. All the visuals in this are just stupendous. Well, I, th- I think I remember reading that, like, Coppola wanted to spend almost the entire budget on just, like, the makeup and the, the costumes and and sets and stuff. But, I mean, he's got, like, a cast of, like, A-list actors in this, too. So, you know, they wanted a big cut. Yeah, there's some great performances in this. There's some not-so-good ones, too. Well, there's at least one I can think of. <laughs> yeah, there's some hammy performances as well. But, I mean, I think, yeah, they're hammy, but I think, yeah, Gary Oldman's amazing as Dracula. He does such a good job. It's so fun to watch and just, like, how he says things is, how he acts is just ridiculous. It's exactly how I imagine Dracula to sound. Like, when he says that line, children of the night, it's like, (laughs) wow, you sound just like I would ever think Dracula would sound like. Like, he (laughs) nails my imagination perfectly. It's so good. Oh, man. He does. Then he's saying, like, all these just crazy things and going off on tangents. And, like, how he says Dracula is, like, just nuts. I don't even know what he's talking about half the time when he's ranting, you know? He's just a maniac. <laughs> yeah, it's just... And then you got, like, Sir Anthony Hopkins just doing all his crazy stuff, too. Like, when he was in the, the like, maze behind the house, and he was talking to him, and then he just, like, pops out from behind. <laughs> like, yeah. a, a stone a ways away from him. Like, yeah, he's like, see, magic. It's like, Sir Anthony Hopkins, you could have just, like, <laughs> waddled over there in the time that they turned around. Like, that's not magic. <laughs> it's interesting, yeah, because at first he doesn't actually seem that crazy, but as soon as Dracula is revealed to him or some sort of vampire thing, his like mind just goes in a totally different direction. Each point after that, he is just, yeah, zany, wild, crazy. He's like invigorated by the hunt, I guess. I don't know. Because at first he just seems like it's the normal dude, you know, like just a smart guy. I do think that's a really solid interpretation of Van Helsing. He is kind of crazy in the book. But I guess I, I pictured him more cynical, but I think this goofy, insane version is just as valid. Almost mad scientist. Yeah. <laughs> you were talking about Gary Oldman earlier in his performance. Um, I really think you should go read like the Wikipedia page about this movie if you haven't, because it's pretty interesting. He was saying that Dracula was like never on his bucket list as a character to play, 
but he wanted to work with uh, Coppola because he was a very esteemed director. I mean, he did the Godfather movies, Apocalypse Now, but he was also saying that the line, I've crossed oceans of time to find you, just that line alone, he said it was worth putting up with all that stuff <laughs> just to say that line in this movie. It's a good line. Just so goofy because he just like murmurs it in the movie, you know? If I was Gary Oldman, the children of the night line would have been the one that got me. <laughs> children of the night. Or him like crawling down the side of the castle. You know? <laughs> <laughs> In full view of Keanu Reeves, no less. Like he just he just crawls down the side and then stops to go like, yeah! and then just keeps going. It's so weird. That whole scene is just so like ridiculous and outlandish it's so funny like i think that's my like least favorite subplot is the whole keanu reeves thing honestly i mean partially because compared to all these awesome actors in this movie he does not such a good job i i I love him but oof his accent is horrible and he just oh man he he's, he's not keeping up with the rest of the people around him and it's just it's such so much harder to watch and like it's so funny because yeah he's like it takes him, I don't know, a, cor- a third of the way through the movie to send this letter saying, you know, I think something strange is going on around here. And it's like, we've seen this Dracula guy like doing all these weird... You saw him climb <laughs> up a wall. That wasn't the first sign that hmm, things are weird. Yeah, I mean, on the Wikipedia page, there's a whole section about like the criticism of Keanu Reeves in this movie. So, Which I feel bad for him. <laughs> He said that he was, like, exhausted from doing other movies, and he feels bad about his performance in this one, even. <laughs> yeah, I, I love Keanu, but, yeah, this is not his, like, <laughs> this is not his best. I don't think he's a guy to do an accent, you know? He's an action guy. No, just let him talk normal. Who cares? We have a Texan in this movie. Just let him talk. It's not, like, the worst thing ever. The worst it gets is when he has to be mad. Or something, and then his accent definitely is like <laughs> gone at that point <laughs> or fails. But the rest of the time, it's not like it's not awful, but it's not great either. <laughs> I mean, I would say the accent is awful. Yeah, I would say that's pretty bad. I mean, it's just the it's just so hard for him because yeah, he is in most of the scenes with all the best actors in this movie, and they're doing such a great, crazy job, and then he's kind of just like. Very stiff and <laughs> not being quite as hammy compared to everybody else. Yeah, Coppola's even said that he just hired Keanu Reeves because he needed like a young, attractive um, actor to bring in the women <laughs> to this movie. I don't know if it worked or not, but they were saying like when they went to airports to fly places, they would have women like lined up to see Keanu as he was getting on the planes and stuff. Wow. I didn't know he had such appeal. Man, they don't even do anything with them, though. Like, Gary Oldman gets all the hot stuff to do. Well, I guess I guess Keanu gets the, the vampire ladies scene, but he doesn't get disrobed or anything. Like, Gary Oldman's always taking his shirt off and showing us his chest. Very sensual, which, like, I guess kind of goes back to the well, I don't know if that's how, like, Bram Stoker wanted this stuff to come across. It sounds like maybe, since a lot of it was cut out, maybe for a translation. That is just kind of a thing of vampires. They went from being, like, Nosferatu to being 
Dracula and this to now we have Edward and Twilight and stuff like that. Yeah, but that's like the bottom of the barrel there. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just saying like the the sexualization of vampires has happened over the years and you can watch it happen if you like look back. Well, a lot of that's coming from, well, at least in this story, I haven't read the book, so you can correct me, Fox, if I'm wrong. But I mean, a lot of that's coming from the whole, they're going to be together forever whole thing. And he's like renounced God and everything. So that way he can be with his wife again uh, when she gets reincarnated in the future and everything. The whole reincarnation thing is like the movie. That's like not the book. That's kind of one of my criticisms, I guess. That seems like a weird thing to add if you're going to add stuff. Like, just make him enthralled with Winona Ryder, I guess. I don't know. I thought the end was kind of lame because of it. I kind of like it. Like, the power of love saved him. Oceans of time, I guess, apparently. Something, something. Roll credits, don't talk anymore about it. <laughs> Did it save him, though? I don't know. I mean, he got to stop being ugly and gross and turned into human and the cross stopped bleeding. And well, I mean, he could he could do that whenever he wanted. And like the light came through and was shining on his face. I don't know. Everybody seemed healthier. Her burn mark on her head got removed. It did seem like he was redeemed. Yeah. He saw the light, per se. I don't, I don't, I'm not sold on that, though. Kind of getting back towards the the whole reincarnation aspect for the love story i actually liked that and thought that was a a clever i guess addition to the dracula story because it, it it gives it more layers i guess i'd say makes it more romantic in a way i guess even that he's waited all this time and then finds the reincarnation and then they're trying he's trying to get her to remember how it was when she was um alive way back when i thought that was pretty interesting and watching how mina actually has to deal with that because she's obviously she's the same person and she's remembering all that but at the same time she's a new version of herself too and is committed to jonathan and all that so she has a big internal struggle herself which i will say i don't think winona Ryder does a great job of portraying but the idea itself is pretty solid and interesting, I think. And then on top of that, you've got the whole, is she also just getting like ensnared by the vampire? Is it just his allure that is attracting her to him? Or is she actually remembering all this stuff? So it's got a lot of interesting moral questions you can ask about it that keep gives it a lot more layers and makes it more interesting than your traditional love story. Yeah, I agree with you there, Dan. The uh, like reincarnation aspect, I think, was one of my favorite takeaways from this because there's there's a couple of ways you can look at that, like the romance between Dracula and Mina. Keanu Reeves' character, Jonathan, is pretty much written out of the movie, so you don't get a lot of his interaction with Mina. But when you do, it's very, like, wooden, and it's very, like, forced. Like, it doesn't fit. I don't know if that's just, you know, like, a direction standpoint. Keanu Reeves didn't do a great 
job playing Jonathan, but like you can definitely tell that there is some chemistry between um, Mina and Dracula. They they pull off the sensuality really well, I think. They they do get that aspect down, even if I don't like Ryder's performance completely. They do nail that, and then when she kind of snaps at the end, Ryder's really good at acting crazy, so <laughs> she did good at that part. Um, but yeah, it, it's real good. They they feel like they belong together, and that that just has more implications on the story and the situation and everything too. You know, I completely agree. There's like this movie captures the duality of that romance very well, where it's like, oh man, this is wrong. This shouldn't be. But then it also feels right. And then, yeah, when Keanu Reeves shows back up in the movie, you're kind of like, oh man, get this Joker out of here. Give me more, give me more Dracula and Mina because that was like sensual. That felt wrong and right. You know, like, other movies like Twilight go for that. Like, this movie does that right. Like, that romance is done right. Now hold the phone just a second. So this whole morality-duality thing, right? The minute she remembers and realizes what's going on, she literally says to him, You killed my best friend, and I hate that, but I still want to bang you. Completely throwing out the window any morality questions. That's the crux of the vampire. The carnal, like, pleasures... Versus the ethics. Like, she's like, I don't even care. There's no morality question. It's 100% sensuality. No duality, morality. Yeah, but that's at the end of it, too. That's when you get to the end and she's finally, like, snapped and she's down for it. That's, like, right when she remembers at the circus she says that. Didn't really leave a lot of room for, like, it's wrong, but it's right. She just says it's wrong and I don't care. No, that's at the end when she's already, like, gone and thought about it and all that stuff too and then like terry said there's the allure of the vampire and all that stuff too that could be playing into it she's going nuts because her friends died and she's remembering her past life as elizabeta and all that and he's got her well her, her old husband there too i guess and's remembering all that at that point, she's she's lost it, and it's kind of like it's she's made her decision then, too. I guess I just felt like she bought into banging Dracula 100% from the get-go. There was not a lot of hesitation that I saw there. Well, she, she left to go marry Keanu in Romania. After talking about how hesitant she was to do so. She was. Dracula was trying to seduce her. And she was loving it. Yeah, well, that's the problem with a vampire, isn't it? They're very seductive. Which then begs the question of, is he, like, hypnotizing her like vampires do, totally throwing out the whole preordained thing? I think you could argue he could be either way. You don't know. I, I get the impression he's not, just because of how he treats her compared to everybody else in this, too. But, I mean, you, th I mean that's just another layer you could have on there, too, for discussion. And then maybe it's just like a natural allure, you know, you're a vampire, and so people just want to hang out with you. At yeah. least maybe not... Just like Twilight is what I'm saying. <laughs> I think it's, I mean, it's romantic, I guess. I don't know. I don't want to say it's like as bad as Twilight. There's two dudes fighting over her. One's right, one's wrong, but the vampire's so sexy. 
I mean that that's that's a a trope as old as time too. I would say give it a little bit of time. Like it's been maybe like a week and a half maybe since I've seen this movie. And the more I look back on it, the more I'm like, okay, yeah, this movie did that pretty well. But when I first watched it, afterwards I was kind of like, eh, about it. But looking back on it more, I'm kind of like, okay, yeah, this did a much better job than a lot of other movies. Like Twilight specifically has that duality and like, oh, he's a vampire, it's wrong, but it also feels good, you know. This one does a better job of getting that across, I think. I just don't know in what way. There's like so much more consequence in Twilight than in this. I mean, I, I hate Twilight. Don't get me wrong. I'm not defending it. But there's like so much more consequence there. Well, I'm just saying my whole thing is the romance aspect of this movie between Dracula and Mina. You can feel the connection a lot better than when Keanu Reeves shows back up as, you know, Jonathan. And like his character is so wooden. There's no depth there, which, I mean, you can, uh, he's written out of the movie pretty much for most of it. And it's a, it's a weird performance by Keanu. I love the guy, but it is weird. Which I feel like is the problem. Like, I, I feel like they wrote it to be better, but Keanu was tired. You know, at the end, when Keanu shows back up there and he's got like the silver fox thing going on and they're like trying to kill Dracula completely. I'm like, dude, dump Keanu. This guy's a loser. Go with Dracula and live forever. You know, that's how I was viewing it. But it may come down to, you know, your personal taste too as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think that's what it comes down to in Twilight too, is dump the other guy and get with the vampire. It's always get with the vampire. Oh, yeah, that's the, the lure. That's what it is. Which is what I mean. There's never like a duality or a question. It's always the vampire. But it's not necessarily that, too. And that's because of that whole, the whole reincarnation thing, too. Mm -hmm. That does add a unique layer to this movie. Which is a hefty push to make it happen, I think. I, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it plays in really nicely with it. Yeah, it's not very in your face. It like It's a nice extra layer. Yeah, I didn't mind it. I thought it was fine. I mean, I, I could probably take it or leave it. I don't think it... Yeah, you're right. I don't think it would change the film that much, honestly, to take it out of the movie either. I think it's interesting. I don't know. It's like fate. I guess it makes more sense for Dracula. It gives him a little more depth, I think, when like... To me, I got the sense that it kind of awakened his humanity a little bit. Because you could see he was nuts in that castle. Yeah. Swinging swords <laughs> around, you know. Probably hasn't seen, like, a normal person in a century. But, yeah, that picture, I think, is, like, kind of what awakens something within him that makes him think, I don't need to just, you know, fulfill my base desires. I can, you know, find true happiness again, maybe. And I think it adds a lot of layers to him. I like the love angle, though. I, I think it works for the most part. I mean, I can see it is very, like gushy gushy sometimes but yes <laughs> yeah and over the top it's it's almost soap opera e i would say but like yeah <laughs> yeah i would say so it matches with the tone of the movie i think which i don't know like the performances and stuff yeah it's just also over the top and the visual sensual style of it like it, it fits it's so good during all those stuff all those romantic scenes too because you've got all those like 
greens and reds and everything. And then you've got even the music. It's just like all comes together perfectly to reinforce that sensuality and sexuality between the characters. Yeah, like I never knew I needed Gary Oldman dressed as Slash, like watching an old time movie <laughs> with Nona Ryder in my life until watching this. When when Dracula shows up in the London, that whole scene was epic. That was so awesome. Where he like just busts out of his like uh, his grave or whatever. Like the that whole lead up while they're writing the letters or whatever on the ship and it's cutting him coming up and killing the people and then like the storm blows in and all the animals are going nuts and then Lucy starts getting entranced and going insane and all the like weather changes and it's got that awesome score in the background. That's probably my favorite part of the movie because it's like you know there's bad business coming when dracula gets on the boat and then they have that awesome shot of him like in the sky looking down on the on lucy and mina it's so like creepy i got a question the the reasoning behind like eating your crew members that are taking you to england or whatever can, can he hold it come on it's a long journey Man, and that's back in the olden times. Like I got, I got packages coming over on boats, and then things <laughs> take forever to get here. Just think how much longer it's going to be. He's got to eat. Maybe he should have brought along some extras or something. I mean, they're real lucky they got there at all. It seemed like he was going pretty nuts on that ship. Yeah, <laughs> the way those letters are like, people are disappearing. There's hardly anybody left. <laughs> what? Dracula. Yeah, then he, like, sprays blood all over the sail. Yeah! <laughs> He's not even trying to hide his presence. Like, I guess in those days, what can you do? You know, you're already on your course, and you're kind of set. But, like, the crew thinks something is on board. There's, like, ten guys gone. They suspect something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess he is hungry. It was cool. I don't know. the. I was going to ask you, Dan, the, the whole narration stuff. I don't. That kind of felt meh to me a lot there's a lot of narration in this and i'm not a huge fan of it in this movie most of it's keanu though so that's probably why because he just isn't yeah him winona and dracula all do it a little bit the style of the book is a bunch of people who've wrote letters so that's why they have it in there for this movie and because of that i'm okay with it it's not like they're talking directly to you all the time either. It actually like sounds like something they'd write in their diary. That's true. Yeah. I think most of it's just performance for me. Yeah, just the Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I'd agree that it it's mostly from the two weakest performers in the whole movie, but it, it didn't bug me. It was a nice like homage to the book. I actually liked Wyona Ryder in this though, besides I know, I think she did good. Yeah, I think everybody did really good in this besides <laughs> Keanu. I love you, Keanu, if you listen. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's our only listener. How could you? He's very breathtaking, but yeah, this was, you know, a long time ago wasn't his best. I wasn't huge on Carrie Elvis and his performance. He just seems like he's playing Robin Hood from Robin Hood Men in Tights, but as Lucy's husband in this movie, he's got that goofy grin the whole time. The English guy with the mustache? Yes. 
I would have taken somebody else, I think, though. Maybe somebody with a little more grit and less grin. You know what I mean? He's like a higher up, you know? He's swarmy, rich man. Well, it comes back to that, like, is it a serious movie or is it like a semi-comedy? Because <laughs> he's so goofy. My favorite was the Texan. He was the coolest one. That guy was also goofy. What the heck was he doing there? What? He was awesome. Does he call somebody a varmint at one point? He calls him a varmint or something like that. You know, it's just nuts to me that the guy who directed this movie also did the Godfather movies. And Apocalypse Now. Like, it's just so nuts. He's a big set piece guy. That's what he loves is those big, those big pieces. He's really great at that. Yeah. Just feels like nothing like anything else he's done. I think he's like a Kubrick kind of guy, you know? It's not so much about the movie and the plot as it is getting in those big epic things he wants to do. Yep. He's got big ideas and he wants to see them on screen. And he pulls it off in this one, too, because, oh my goodness, what a great movie to just watch. This movie's almost like a, a vampire itself, you know? You watch it and you're like, this is kind of weird. I don't know if I should like this or not. But by the end, you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, this was pretty cool, I think. <laughs> Do I love you? I don't know. <laughs> Might have been the opposite for me overall, but I guess that's what my, my glass bottle analogy was really about, was, you know, there's these huge chunks of glass that are these huge epic set pieces. But then I just felt like, you know, the the cast and the dialogue just wasn't quite adhesive enough to pull it all together for me. I just wanted to see the big pieces and focus on those, and I don't know. Kind of lost me by the end. They could have gelled a lot better, I think, together. I think there are a lot of cool moments, but yeah, it's kind of clanky, I would say. Yeah, it's not perfect. Definitely not perfect. But you know, it's got enough style and charm that it works for me. I don't know how I could be so emotionally involved in the like love story and that whole angle and then just be laughing out loud at everything Anthony Hopkins and Gary Oldman are saying. <laughs> it's such a weird, weird thing. I'm like, I don't I don't know. I don't get it. What did you guys think about the actual horror in the film? So I thought when they were actually going for it, they did a pretty good job like Dracula's pretty horrific in a lot of this film uh when Mina and Jonathan are getting married and then it keeps cutting back to Dracula just showing up and just like eviscerating um Lucy and everything oh just how they like intercut those two scenes it was like it was like all the emotions it was creepy horrific sad and like all that stuff is just nuts. And they do that multiple times to great effect throughout this film, I think. I wanted more Sasquatch Dracula. Like when he's in that suit. Oh, yeah. Just hiding in the bushes. But, uh, man, that was creepy, especially when they cut to his eyes. Oh, man. The imagery is great, but it's not horror in the way like people generally think of horror now like you're you'll never be scared watching this movie but it's like horror elements and like i was reading that this movie was inspirational to the horror genre as well because it showed like with the shining you can have a list of like a actors 
in a horror movie and do it well. Yeah, I think the imagery is what's really cool. Like when he turns into the rats, he he gets backed into the corner and then, yeah, he's like posing and it like cuts to black or whatever. And then the rats just come scurrying and falling down from where he was standing. That was awesome. I really like that. There's some pretty creepy stuff that he does. He's always watching from the skies, too. Like when Keanu's on the train, Mike brought that up. Or when when he's coming to London and they have his face just looking down, laughing at the two girls out in the storm. It's so creepy. And then the the gothic castle. Oh, man. It's, it's, it's neat. Like they were still able to, even though they didn't go with the horror route, really, they were still able to pull it off with the imagery really well i think it's unsettling at the least (laughs) it's a romantic horror movie instead of a romantic comedy i guess not super scary but there is some pretty cool stuff you know so yeah i think i'd agree i think they did a pretty good job let's talk about the origin of the vampire i didn't realize it was like a god thing that god made him into a vampire because he stabbed the cross yes the cross and it like started bleeding like, it was cool, but... Well, there's that, and then, like, he started drinking all the blood from his enemies or whatever, too. Oh. Uh, I don't think they showed that in this, though. They, they He drinks the blood out of the cup after it pours out of the cross, which is creepy. Yeah, blood coming out of everything, even the candles. <laughs> well, Hop- Hopkins mentions it um, in one of his... <laughs> rants maybe (laughs) i figured that was that was after he had been turned already well it was like i mean he i think it was the whole process like he uh renounces god and um destroys the temple or whatever and then afterwards starts drinking all the people's blood that he kills and like impaling them well he did it impaling before but like I think that's what Hopkins was getting at in one of his scenes was like he was drinking the blood of his enemies after that point and stuff too. So it's like a a curse almost that he brings upon himself. This movie goes about it in a different way than uh, like the book does and um, like how other vampire movies go about it, you know, and other tellings of the Dracula story because it all like comes back from folk tales from uh the Vlad the Impaler, you know, back in the day in history. Um they had all the folk tales about that and that eventually became Dracula, but uh this movie goes about it in its own way and it's a, it's a quick scene, but I think it's mostly the renouncing god when he was a warrior of the church and everything and him stabbing the cross and doing that was all just like imagery. <laughs> Yeah, it was really cool imagery too. That was one of my favorite scenes, honestly. When he's yeah, so the blood's just dripping out of everything. Ooh, it was so creepy. I thought it was interesting. I don't know. I felt like maybe the vampirism thing was like kind of like an allegory for like the devil sin or something like that, you know? Oh yeah, that's like that's definitely what they go for with it. Temptation and carnal desires and yeah, all that stuff. I think they portrayed that really well in this too. And he's trying to like he's kind of given into it until he finds his true love again, and that's kind of what like tries to he tries to pull himself out of that pit. And I guess it works at the end. It's not super clear, but you know, I think he it it something happened. I think he redeemed himself somehow, but it just took four centuries or so. 
Well, that plays into the whole fate and reincarnation angle they're going for, too. It is kind of weird that they mash up um, the Catholic Church and Catholicism with reincarnation. Because those are two very different <laughs> religions and, uh, you know, concepts of afterlife and what happens. Um, so it is kind of interesting that those are both mashed up in this movie. Although if you go with the fate and predestination angle, I guess it kind of melds together. I think they're big on predestination and stuff over there, maybe. I don't know. I've never been to a mass before, what do I know? <laughs> yeah, well, and it, it's... I don't know if this has anything that they're trying to hint at, too, but, you know, she throws herself off of the cliff in the beginning, and they're like, her soul will never be saved. or So, you know, maybe that means that she's cursed to continue to reincarnate forever rather than ascend to heaven or however that works in religion. I like that. That makes me like it even more now in the movie. <laughs> That's cool. I hadn't thought of that. What was his plan? Was he just wanting to move to England? Like, is that what he wanted to do? Kind of just just tired of the crypt and the the cobwebs <laughs> and the creepy women living in his basement? Like, is he just ready to, to move to the big city? <laughs> I think it was like Nosferatu where he wanted to go and wreak havoc and evil just because he was bored. <laughs> Might as well, I guess. <laughs> They're getting a little suspicious of him in old Transylvania. Maybe he should uh, <laughs> move on. Well... Should we talk about the music at all? We kind of touched on it a little bit. Yes, we should. I love the music in this. That, like, first theme in this movie, like, in the first scene with the, like, strings and the piano, like, bomb, bomb. It's so good. Oh, my gosh. I love it. That whole, like, violin part, the do-do-do. Oh, iconic. They They use the theme from this in so many, like, trailers for like horror films and stuff too it's nuts like i i had no idea that that came from this movie until i watched it and i was like holy crap all the music in this is good like it's it's just oh it's so great <laughs> music's pretty tight yeah i like it no no complaints here i was more focused on the uh the visual feast of this movie um, so I'd probably have to watch it again to pick out the music. It's just so good. It's one of the best scores I've heard in a movie in a long time, I think, actually. Same, yeah. Granted, this is an old movie, and I didn't watch it for yeah. know, 28 <laughs> years, but it's creepy and atmospheric. Like, it just adds to that. Like, it sounds like you would think a Dracula in this gothic setting would sound like. Like, I would get this and listen to it on like i don't know a vinyl yeah get it get it on vinyl and play it oh man drink some wine and eat that steak oh yeah you need a cape while you do it yeah <laughs> oh yeah of course speaking of steak did anybody else absolutely love when they chop off lucy's head and then they cut to that big old <laughs> steak and they just plop down on the table <laughs> man that was like one of the best like yeah movements from set piece to set piece i thought that's what i needed more of that was pretty tight good stuff that was so freaking funny oh my goodness 
There's a lot of cool scene transitions in this too, actually. Like he does a really good job of that with like, well, the wolf eyes and the, the vampire bite. Yes. Yes. And the, the peacock feathers, uh, into the, I think it was another eyeball thing. I, I can't remember exactly, but there's a lot of really cool stuff that he does with intercutting between like different scenes and moving on to the next part of the movie. All right, are we ready for some overall presentation? I'm ready. Let's bugo. Let's do it. Give us the uh, the scale. Ooh, I shall. So our scale goes from burn it, pass, watch it, or buy it. In that order. So we all give a little spiel about what we think, and then we try to average it out at the end. So who knows what we're going to pick this time. So I'm thinking back to this time, you know, me and Mike, Mike, I invited you over to look over some documents. Um, and, you know, you came over. <laughs> I had dinner ready for you, but I, I'd already eaten. So you're going over some stuff, you know. You're helping me, you know, approve some locations I've been looking at, maybe to move to. And uh, you're like, so uh, you think you're going to go here first? You pointed at the map, and I was like, Mike, I don't go first. <laughs> so <laughs> in the spirit of that I think uh, maybe you should go first <laughs> I was wondering where this was gonna go but I like it I don't go first either TV you're right That's not my it. thing <laughs> like how the food doesn't come back into it <laughs> like <laughs> Don't question it, all right? Look, I, sometimes, you know, I tell myself in, during the week, all right, when you watch the movie, remember to think of something. And then when the movie comes, I'm like, oh, that was good. And then I f immediately forget about anything until the moment arrives when Terry has to tell a story. And it's like, oh. It's a really interesting insight into your process. I like it. <laughs> I love Some behind it. the scenes for TV. If only I had taken some improv classes in my time. <laughs> it was it was a feast for my ears, just like this movie's a feast for my eyes. You know, I, I agree with you, Dan. This movie does feel like it would pair very well with a nice dry red wine. When I was watching this, I was kind of like, eh, but the more I think about it, the more I've read about it, the more we've talked about it, I'm like, you know, this is definitely a watch for me. Like, it is a very strange movie. The more you think about it, the more you notice things that are, like, off. And so you've been doing this for a couple months now, Dan, <laughs> just waiting for this moment. Like, you guys have brought up stuff, and I'm like, you know, I didn't even think about that. And then that reminds me of, I can connect it to other things I've seen in the movie or outside of literature or movies or film that's been inspired by this. So, yeah, this, I would say this is definitely a watch. I'm not sure if I would buy this movie yet, but if I watched it again after reading all the production stuff and after we've talked about it, you know, maybe I'd give it a buy then. So this is like... Pretty solid watch for Mike, maybe soft buy later on after I watched it again at some point. And with a nice bottle of wine. Mm. I feel like I'm kind of at odds with the rest of the crew here, you know? For me, it was never really a question of, is it just okay or do I love it? It was kind of always a question of, do I hate it or is it just okay? And I gotta say, the more I think about it, the less I'm liking it. Yeah, I don't know, you know, it's just... I'm just not a big fan of this reincarnation romance angle. That's just not my 
Not my style of romance, I guess. I, I felt like the way they had it written, the stakes of the romance really just never really got to me. And I love Winona Ryder, but she really just wasn't selling me on a lot of it. Same with Olkiano. He's one of the greats. Love him. But this was not his movie, and he knows it, and I feel bad for him. But, you know, Oldman. Oldman and Sir Anthony Hopkins both kill it. They're phenomenal. There's a lot of really big, great set pieces really phenomenal score. There's a lot of things to like here, I think, as well. I'm going to stick with my watch. For a hot second, I was thinking past, but I'm going to stick with the watch, you know? I don't think you'll be disappointed if you watch it, but it's definitely a different kind of movie. Oh, yeah, definitely a different kind of movie. It's weird. Like, it really is a weird movie, but I think it does kind of sit with me, at least, a little bit. As it's been fermenting in my brain, I don't know. It's just so bizarre. It's very, I don't know, it's just, it's a weird movie. I, I guess that's all I can say. I don't really know what else to say, but like the visuals are really cool. The plot is very jagged and strange and maybe it doesn't quite fit the way it should. And I think honestly, it, this could be like a three hour long movie and it probably could have filled in some of those gaps a lot better. But this is already pretty long um, and I think they get the job done with what they got honestly. And the vibe of the movie is just so good. The romance, I think, is kind of interesting. It's weird as well, but, you know, the performances are what really sell me on it, I think, with Gary Oldman, Winona Ryder, and, I mean, there's other great people. Anthony Hopkins is amazing. Keanu, not so much. Everybody's probably heard that before about this movie, though. Um, he doesn't ruin it by any means, but, oof, yeah, it, sometimes it can get a little rough. But, I, honestly, I'm going to give it a watch. It. I do like this movie. I think it's pretty cool. Very unique to a lot of other stuff I've seen, for sure. Yeah, you guys all are getting to experience my struggle these last <laughs> couple months <laughs> after watching this movie. I was t telling Terry, I think was the first person I talked to about it, and I was like, I don't know if this is a good movie or if it isn't. And you know, I'm still not 100% sure <laughs> about that, but... You know what I am sure of? I freaking love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's it's so weird, and I've never seen something quite like it. Like I said, it has that, like, visceral reaction. You want to, like, tear into some meat or something when you watch it. You want to be go, like, overboard and have all the extravagance and, like, decadence and things that's the kind of reaction i got anyways after watching it it's just like it's it's nuts it's a crazy movie you've got this like serious romance angle with all these interesting ideas and questions and morality issues raised with it and then you've got gary oldman like just hamming it up talking about uh, not drinking wine and stealing razors and licking it. And then you got Sir Anthony Hopkins, like, demanding people feed him. And like <laughs> it's just crazy. I don't know what to think of it from, like, just regular, like, I don't know, criticism level. The story, I I, I think, yeah, the story's kind of jagged, but the the style kind of overrides that substance that's not always so good. And there are some not too great performances from 
Ryder and Reeves in this and poor Renfield. Man, I wanted a lot more with him because his actor was just hamming it up and it was awesome. I, I've watched it twice now and the second time was on 4K uh blu-ray because i bought this movie and that's what my rating's gonna be <laughs> <laughs> all right the proof's right there he literally did go out and buy it well so i guess that's a it's a watch it right I think so yeah watch it for Bram stoker's dracula dracul <laughs> or is it francis ford coppola's Bram stoker's dracula Let's call it that. That's pretty funny. <laughs> a lot of people's Dracula at this point. There's a lot of Dracula out there. There is a lot of Dracula. Some are better left untold, honestly. That's true. Well, who's got a pick for next week? What's our next blood-raising movie? <laughs> I've got a pick. I have never seen Blade. Mm. The, the first Blade movie. I don't know how, like, like it's been around and I know of it, but I've just never seen it. Is this, like, I know Blade is Marvel, right? He's a Marvel character. Is this, is this like, somehow supposed to be related to all the other Marvel stuff? No, 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 no. It's gonna be, baby. And it's gonna be awesome, I hope. I hope I didn't jinx it just now. Well... I'm excited to watch it. Yeah, this is OG Marvel, and they weren't scared of being non-family friendly. Yeah, this is the first R-rated superhero movie, if I'm not mistaken, so... Everything we have today, you can thank Blade for. Yeah, it's one of the first superhero movies, too. But in the meantime, if any of you listeners out there want to hit us up or get in contact with us, you can find us on Facebook or Twitter at Run the Real, or you can email us at runtherealpodcast.gmail.com. Let us know what you think about Bram Stoker's Dracula, because this movie's weird, and I, I like it, but I want to hear other people's thoughts on it. Did you like it? Are you a little more mixed on it? What's the deal with this movie? Yeah, be sure to get in contact with us. Let us know if you had a nice tall glass of wine with your viewing of Bram Stoker's <laughs> Dracula. But uh, be sure to tune in next week for some Blade action. Get our uh, a take on Blade. So we really appreciate you listening to us tonight. This is Run the Real, signing off. Mm-hmm.